everybody, and welcome back to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Today is December 19th, and you are listening to episode 209. We took the week off last week as uh, I was busy with work, and really all we had to do was preview the bowl game that we didn't find too exciting. So we thought, you know, let's wait till that bowl game's over. We'll recap that, uh, take take a look back on the season, uh, have a little bit more transfer transfer portal news to discuss and so that's what we're here to discuss today a loaded football episode for you guys and then of course a little bit of hoops action at the end of it and so to catch everything we are doing here at tailgate talks the football season is a wrap but we will be uh, continuing throughout the rest of the basketball season into baseball season to catch everything we are doing here at tailgate talks give us a follow follow us on apple follow us on spotify give us those five star ratings five stars for the tailgate please that's all we want for christmas from you guys uh, and if you listen to us on apple we would always appreciate a review there also follow our social media accounts we are on twitter at tailgate underscore talks uh, give us a follow there that's where we do most of our posting and interacting uh, so give us a follow there but we are also on facebook instagram and we have a YouTube channel as well. Not posting as much there lately. Uh, we'll see if we get back into that. Um, but you can give that channel a follow. And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate, if you have any questions, anything you'd like us to discuss on the show, you can always send us an email at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Well, Dustin, first off, uh, this is going to be our Christmas episode, so uh, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, hope that you guys, wherever you guys yeah. are traveling this week, uh, will be safe. And that you have great Christmas Peace. with your families, friends, whatever it is that you guys are doing, as we will not be recording till after the holiday is over. So I wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas to get this started. And the first present for Red Raiders fans this Christmas, uh, this holiday season was a Texas Tech bowl game victory. They defeat Cal 34-14 in the Independence Bowl to improve to 7-6 and six on the season. It's the third straight Bowl game victory for the Red Raiders and Joey McGuire starting off his bowl career with a 2-0 and record. I think I saw he's the first coach in Red Raider history to do that. Uh, so shout out to to Joey for, for that accomplishment. Dustin, it was a bowl game that we weren't super excited for, yeah, but it was a bowl stat, game nonetheless. Okay. <laughs> Kicked off bowl season on the very first day of bowl games. That's how early on this bowl game was. Your thoughts yep. uh, on the game from Saturday? <clears throat> Yeah, one, it was really late to start with, 8 o'clock, 8.20 kickoff, something like that. Um, but really entertaining game, to be honest, to kick off bowl season, bowl week. So that was fun. It's great to win no matter what bowl game you're in, to have like 7 and 6 looks a lot better than 6 and 7 yes. to end the year, winning record. And then three straight seasons with a bowl win, like, that's just good momentum going into the next year and like the spring and the off season, like transfer portal time when you're on TV and winning, like that helps a lot. 
Um, so really good just showing. I thought it was a really great game overall, like all facets of our team and coaching staff. I don't know what it is with if we get ex- a couple extra weeks to prepare, we just dominate teams in these bowl games because yeah. that's what has happened with Joey and then even the year before when Joey was on the sideline. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Had a great time. It was one of those that we rarely get that we get to sit back and relax in the fourth quarter and enjoy the football game. Yeah, yeah that was the nice part. It was a pretty – I would say a pretty boring game at the end, despite the defense getting turnovers. It was just yeah. kind of coasting to to get this one finished. But yeah, like you said, it's been nice to have several. You know, these three bowl victories you've had, you've pretty much coasted to to victory in them. So uh, always appreciate just going out there and kind of dominating your opponent. It started off rocky. Uh, it, it looked like it could be a, a crapshoot of a game. You you fumble the opening kickoff. Uh, Dre McCray with the fumble, one of his rare uh special teams blunders right. uh and then cal scores on their very first play of the game so it's not looking great to start you the you received the ball and yet cal scores on the first play of the game yeah. uh, and so you're wondering uh what's going to happen first off is the possession doesn't look very good um, defense gets a fourth down stop and that's kind of where the game changed offense finally goes down the field scores a touchdown on the baron morton to coy aiken uh connection and then Kind of from there, the offense really took off, got you the lead, and then pretty much the whole second half, the defense dominated, uh, getting multiple turnovers. Their first take yep. three game uh, since I I can't remember what other take three game it was. It was very early on. Maybe it was Houston or yeah. or Baylor. I, I can't even remember. It was so long ago. Um, but they get one of the their second take three game of the season getting four turnovers very impressive performance from the defense a lot of young guys stood up we'll get into them a little bit more offensively I thought you know it was pretty average offensive game I thought Taj did what Taj does uh Baron looked pretty good on a couple drives and then a few drives he kind of looked off um which has kind of become the story of him um and so uh, but ultimately, you get the job done. You get a victory done. Uh, victory over Cal, like you said, seven and six has a much better ring to it than six and seven. And several parts of the season, it looked like getting seven wins seemed kind of impossible when you're at three and five. So yeah. <laughs> kind of thinking back on that, it, it, it's definitely nice to have that. Uh, what were your thoughts on the offense and how they looked in this game? Baron, of course, um, probably the most healthy he's been all season. Uh, what did you think about Kitley and his offense in this game yeah the numbers don't look spectacular and that's because we had a lot of short fields to work with like all four turnovers interceptions fumbles so like a lot of short fields which we capitalized on which was super critical um so numbers don't look great but i kind of agree with you that it was an okay game like didn't wow anything like no one was Wow, look at that play. Look at that catch. I mean, Barron's number is 27 for 256. That's all right. Um, now we didn't ask him to do a lot late in the game. Um, his interception came late. I thought that was kind of a bad read and throw. Um, yeah. He had like two of those in that end zone, kind of back-to-back close. He threw one in like triple coverage where Dre was wide open at the top if he didn't just zone in on one guy. Yeah. Um, and then Koy Aiken was you know wide what play open I'm talking on the about? other one. And 
So, yeah. Okay, game from Baron. Didn't need him to do a lot, so that was fun. I thought the best parts was the O-line played really well, and Taj had some incredible, like, patience-type runs. Like, we know Taj is being, like, a bruiser, and, like, he was doing that stuff like usual, but he had some, like, one of his touchdowns, he, like, stood there like Le'Veon Bell used to do, and, like, red, jumped around. Oh, it's wide open over here. 10-yard touchdown right. run. <laughs> Didn't even get touched. So like, I thought that was the critical part. O-line took it to him. Todd Brooks did his thing. And then we coasted, capitalized on those interceptions. Yeah, uh, that was one of the bright spots, I thought, from the bunch was the offensive line. Of course, you had a couple um... – you yeah. had a couple transfer portal, you know, people that that left, and so you weren't really sure what you were going to get from that crew. Um, but right. I thought they did a good job of keeping Baron upright and protecting the quarterback. There was a couple times, you know, that the run blocking always kind of it's weird because it doesn't seem the greatest, but yet Taj is always just able to find his way out of out yep. of uh, a, a crowded backfield at at points, which is just kind of speaks yeah. to Taj. Uh, I thought your receivers performed pretty well. That's another group that was decimated by the transfer portal. Of course, Loic Fungi uh, has one of your touchdowns, and he's one of the guys who's currently in the portal. Yeah, um, I was very surprised. I was like, wait, that's number yeah. 11. Uh, <laughs> Same with Cameron. Like, I was like, I didn't know Zero was playing Yeah, I saw a couple today. people tweet out, you know, <laughs> it was like four, uh, Tech 14, Cal 14 transfer portal seven because uh, yeah uh, yeah a portal guy <laughs> scored a touchdown for you but you know speaks to him and kind of i guess you know what it means for him as a person to be in the portal but yet still yeah. come and perform for your team uh and it, it paid off for him with the touchdown reception um but you know koi aiken looked really nice uh especially in the first half he had over 100 yards the second time you've had a receiver go over 100 y- yards on the season both times by koi aiken and he did it in the first half. So I thought that was impressive uh, from him, but for me, and this yep. will kind of, I guess, go into our next question for me. I, I didn't see enough from Baron to really like convince me that he is like the guy that's going to get us to the next level. And this might be I my agree. most hot take thing. Like I've ever really said, I just, I, I don't know if he's the guy. Um, and sure. Some of it still has to do like, he's not a hundred percent from what I've heard. He's going to have surgery yeah. after like now that the season's done he's going to have some off-season surgery and of course he's going to have yep. a full off-season to get healthy and get ready for next year but uh, i still think some of the decision making isn't there yet and, and maybe yep. that comes with time and maybe he just needs more reps and and, and you know knowing now going into the yeah, season that so. he's the number one maybe that changes things but like you said on a couple of those throws it's very it's too much like he's just looking at one guy. Uh, I don't think he's yep. really processing the defense very well sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's like he knows he's going to this receiver as soon as he gets the football. It doesn't matter what else is open downfield. He's going to mm-hmm. take that shot. And those are some of the decisions that, that can hurt you. You know, If you're playing a much better team than Cal, like those that interception there really hurts you. In some oh, of that those, one in the end zone gets yeah. picked that he tried to you know, lace in there to uh... – <laughs> Brady Boy. Yeah. And so some of the decision making that he has is is off. Um when he's on, he's on. Like those couple drives you had where he was just throwing the ball, slinging it around, he looks really good. Uh it's just one of those things yep. where it, like it doesn't seem like he can do that on on a consistent basis. I mean, 34 to 14 is a pretty solid win, but 
you know, your defense was giving you lots of chances there in the second half. And oh you know, yeah, you got a fumble and then you throw the pick, you get an interception, then you punt, you get another interception and you just get a field goal off that. So it's like your defense was giving you opportunities. You just weren't doing much with it offensively. And this is a game where I kind of yeah. wish you would have had a 50 burger. You know, this, this is a game that you probably should have had one. And it just kind of goes back to Kitley. So yeah, the next question offensively for us is, is how do you feel about Kitley moving forward here? We kind of use this as a game to maybe see, all right, healthy Baron, uh, uh, what may, might it look like? But uh, what are your thoughts on, on Kitley moving forward? Because for me, he didn't do much to move the needle forward. Yeah, that's all I'm like shrugging my shoulders at cheeks. So that's like, I mean, that didn't move the needle yeah. either way for me. Like obviously not a negative game, but not really any positives. I mean, I think you just hope for better next year with starting with a healthy Baron and a better receiving core mm-hmm. and possibly some O-linemen that we're going to talk about in the transfer coming up. So like, yes, hope with year three, he gets better. Baron's going to be in year three. Maybe that is a huge jumping point. Like, Taj coming back is a huge bit bridge gapper. Yeah. Right? Probably the biggest one of any team, definitely in this conference, I think. Um, so it's, eh, I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, if he's here, we'll ride with him. Yeah. That's kind of, it, that's what it is for me. It's just like, it seems like this is the yeah. decision that was made a while ago. It yeah. doesn't seem like Joey ever questioned whether Kitley was going to be on the staff next year. And maybe that shows some confidence that Joey has in him. And, and, of course, we'll get into the players that you're bringing in offensively. And so, for me, it's like next year is a – like you have no excuses next year. Yes. Um, the, the thing that makes me nervous, though, is is like you have this little bit of momentum, right? You had a decent end to the season, you know, throw out the Texas game. But you won those games to get to bowl eligibility. You won your bowl game. And some of me just gets nervous that, hey, all this positive recruiting and all this stuff like that, you just kind of forget about the struggle that this this season was for the offense. Nope. And we'll get into grades later, but it's just a struggle all season. And it makes me nervous that we'll get back on the train and then first three games next year, it doesn't look any different. And you're just like, wow, <laughs> yep. you know, we just kept this. I've already seen the yeah. tweets, like, you know, all these transfers coming in, Hudson signed his deal. Everybody's getting hyped again. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna visit the Kool Aid bucket next year. I mean, I'm not gonna be excited, yeah, but I'm not gonna say ten and two like I tried oh, to yeah. do this year. Oh yeah, we'll get into, we'll get into that conversation too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, for me, offensively, I'm, I'm just really nervous about next year because I feel like if you go in and the start of the season's really slow and he's already forgetting to use Taj Brooks, you know. Like, you can't have that excuse again next year. You can't come into the first two games and only give Todd Brooks, like, 10 carries like he did at the start of this season. Like, that's unacceptable. Um, and, you know, and, and there, he's going to have weapons. He's going to have receivers, and he's going to want to throw the ball. Right. Um, but there was times in this game where it was, like, two, three straight drives where you just didn't hand the ball off. And you're like, hey, don't forget about Todd. Don't forget about your best player. And the most concerning thing for me with Kitley is that it just seems like he thinks getting Taj Brooks the ball just means running it up the middle. Uh, like he doesn't ever get creative <laughs> yeah. with Taj Brooks. And that's the most frustrating thing. It's like, he's your best player. Get him the ball. It doesn't have to be a run right up the middle. Like it's also been mind blowing that you say that, that we can't, why don't we never throw him? The uh, ball? Yeah. Well, I th- think we threw it. Can he not once. catch? I'm just confused, yeah. but <laughs> like, that's what 
NFL guys are looking for in running backs is if they can catch. Like that really tanks your draft stock if you if you just don't have any film on that. And I think he can catch. Uh, like uh, like he can catch. Like he, throw him some swings. Throw him some screens. Like yeah. So I think like for me, Kelly's got to show that he can really expand on this <clears> offense. Like it, it can't just be runs, dives up the middle. Like there's got to be some stuff to the outside, some sweeps, some running back tosses. Just get him out in space because I mean he made yeah. more people miss than anybody else in the country. I think he, by the end of the season, after the Cal game had over a hundred missed tackles, like the dude in space is just terrific. So you don't want him just running up the middle every single time, even though he's pretty, pretty incredible at doing that. If you can get him outside, throw some running back screens to him, some halfback sweeps, some, some tosses to the outside, get him out there around these cornerbacks who aren't big enough to take him down. He's going to have a field day. And so that's some of the stuff that's just really concerning to me. Uh, about next year the other side of the ball uh had a little bit of a bumpy start in this game you know you give up a touchdown on the very first play cal had a pretty solid drive on their second drive you got the fourth down stop uh and from there you just gave up seven points the rest of the way a lot of young guys had to step up in this game uh jacob rodriguez ben roberts your your duo linebackers of the future looked pretty good dustin your thoughts on the defense and them holding cal to just 14 points a shutout after the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, too. Yep, that's what I was about to say. I, it looked like this could be a classic Texas Tech shootout game. Yeah. And then they got up 14-7 on you, and it's like, man, all right. But we responded every time, kept it close, 7-7, 14-14. And then you look up, and I'm like, wait, didn't they have 14 to start this yeah. game? Yeah. And defense just kept coming up with interceptions and a huge fumble by Rodriguez. And their quarterback was running for like a 15 yard. Yeah. Great. One play. of those classic third and 15s that yeah. you love to say that we give up. We almost did. And then he hacks it away at him. That quarterback was, man, the second half, he was god awful with some of those passes he was throwing. Yeah. Like the one he threw to Ben Roberts, like right at his feet. Yeah. It was not good. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but like you, you mentioned, the D-line had to replace with a lot of dudes that are young, didn't have a lot of experience, and, man, did they play good. Like Amir Washington yep. out of nowhere, just bullying people and getting three sacks on the day, running dudes down. Like, yeah, guy, we hadn't seen I was all really season, impressed really, by D-line. You know, and he comes no. out there and just balls out. And even, like, Quincy Ledette played a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, more in banks, like dudes that we hadn't played. Quincy was hurt in and out this year, but then, like, those dudes didn't play a lot this year and had between those three guys four and a half sacks. So, like, what a game for that, that front set! Yeah, that was really encouraging to me. Like, this was always the fun part of these bowl games now is like you get to use some of these players that yep. you redshirted, they don't lose a year because of this game, and so you kind of get to see them show out and. You know, everybody's talking about Amir Washington, and rightfully so. He comes in, and a team that struggled to get sacks all season, he has three solo sacks, like, to himself. <laughs> he was just wreaking havoc out there. And you can see, all right, this might be a guy for you here in the future. Uh, Duda Banks, Charles Esters, guys who have shown flashes throughout this season also, yep. you know, were out there making plays. And so it's fun to see some of these younger guys who – haven't had really a, a chance to this year get out there and get the ball. And you really see that potential that you have on the defensive line, um, getting six sacks. That's, that's, that's great. 
against any power five team, especially a team that just struggled to even get one sack on the year. And then of course, some of your, Man, I, you know, your linebacking duo, Jacob Rodriguez, who was oh, the God. defensive player of the game. He looked great. Him and Ben Roberts just are going to be a force at that linebacker position yep. next year. Um, just, you know, Ben Roberts looks like a guy beyond his years. You know, he's just a, a, a freshman, but he, he looks like a seasoned vet back there with some of the ways he's able to dissect a, a play uh, and make a tackle. And then, of course, Jacob Rodriguez, you just wish that you had him all season. Um, but in the games that he's played, he's looked great. He looked great in this game. Like you said, the nice uh, force fumble play, that was really just kind of all his doing. Um, and so... Uh, four turnovers from this defense, six sacks, stuff you didn't get to say a lot this season. They were able to show out in that last game, and so that was fun to see. And uh, one of the strong points of the season was this defense, and so to see them have kind of mm-hmm. go out uh, with one of their best performances was really good. And like we've said, you know, they gave it, they always keep it in that like kind of fourteen to twenty point range. Um, yeah. it, it's something that they've been able to do all season, uh, and this time your offense was able to get plenty of points to secure that victory so some stats from the game before we get into uh our club red for the final time baron morton final stat line 27 for 43 for 256 yards three touchdowns one interception taj brooks finishes his season uh going for 98 yards two yards short of going over the century mark uh one touchdown on the day koi aiken as we mentioned 106 yards and a touchdown all of that in the first half didn't have a single reception in the second but hey uh crazy 100 yard receivers were tough to come by the season so to see a guy break that century mark we'll take it and then as we mentioned defense with the take four four turnovers six sacks solid you'll take that anytime so great impressive performance from them dustin you have anything to add last thing on the six sacks thing Imagine if you were like going to the NFL draft and had a three sack game in this bowl game, like that would probably be good film to have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like as I was saying about miles Cole not playing. Yeah. Not playing in this game when he's not very high on draft boards at all. Yeah. I've looked, couldn't find him. <laughs> and, uh, the only way to get up higher at this point is to just play in yeah. the last game you got. Yeah, go and ball out. Unless you're have like, a chance to go ball yeah. out, do something. I guess he's going to do the come senior here, Washington's bowl. like, I will. Is he going to do the senior bowl and try to go play in that? I mean, that's another good opportunity because you have the it's, NFL scouts, but still, it's just. Yeah, that's just like a glorified practice and scrimmage, though. Oh, like, yeah. I would rather see you do it as on game film, like oh, real sure. live speed type stuff, not a simulated one on one type thing, you know? But. Whatever, but I just wanted to point that out with him. Yeah, especially because he also didn't have a season that we kind of thought he was no. going to have. And so it's like you already kind of were a disappointment this season. Uh, here's an opportunity to kind of show out and, and you uh, and you don't go play. And then you Peace have like younger us, yeah. guys who are looking so much better than you. That's almost like <laughs> yeah. uh, worse. The, the worst thing that probably could happen is that our defense ends up being, getting more pressure without you than, than with you. So. Uh, yeah, definitely an interesting take from you there. Um, but <laughs> Texas Tech gets the win. So for the final time this season, Dustin, we get to open up Club yeah. Red. So let's open up the club. Turn here, Somebody turn on some damn music! Well, 
Well, Club Red is open for the final time this season, our final opportunity to shout out some players, give them our VIP tickets to the club. Let's start off on the offensive side of the ball, Dustin. Who is your final offensive VIP for this season? I think I have to give mine to Coy Aiken, yeah. going 100-yard wide receiver for the second time this year and being the only guy to do that twice this year and really emerging in the second half of the year as Barron's number one option, the only guy on the team that can really get open on his own, being a dog out there. So seven for 106 and a touchdown. And he said all in the first half too. So yeah, great game by Corey Aiken. Great second half of the season by him as well. I'm glad he's going to be back next year. Yeah. One of the bright spots in the receiver group, definitely somebody you can see being a big factor and kind of goes into this next year as maybe you're like wide receiver three, um, you know, uh, with some of the talent that you're bringing in. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring that up in the transfer talk, but while we're on it, like he's like at the highest year receiver next year, depth chart wise. Now you can see how much of a baller he is. He might be better than that, but the third option, let's say that. Like, he's definitely more of like man, just the, that's exciting. He's definitely more of a just throw it up and hope he catches it because he's not really like fast, like speedster, super speedster or, or whatever. So yeah. I think some of the receivers you're bringing in are going to be more of a threat to do that. He's just been really good, like catching traffic, make some tough catches, um, yeah, and, and just hold on to the ball, which has been something that you've lacked. Um, I, I've kind of struggled to figure out who else I had. Koi, obviously, Taj always gets in as VIP because uh, he just continues in. to dominate. I don't think Baron did well enough. Um, Xavier had a good game. I was because he had a really big punt return. Also, that's what I was going with. Is sixty-one going, yards, and then a punt return was big. Yeah, I was going to go off the radar and, and go with Xavier White. He was your second leading receiver on the day. He had, like you said, a really nice punt return that put you in scoring position. He also had a really nice 41-yard catch that um, he he made some guys miss. It was a really nice play. They got you into scoring position there, too. So I thought he had two of your bigger plays in the game. Uh, And also, this is just kind of a shout-out to him as this was his final game. And I thought uh, a receiving core that really struggled, I thought he was one of your one of your bright spots at the position it's just unfortunate Agreed. that we couldn't get him the ball enough because uh he was definitely one of those guys when the ball was in his hand he was able to make some plays for you uh just kind of one of the things that you can chalk up to kitley in the struggle of this offense but uh i wanted mm-hmm. to shout him out since this was his final time wearing the red and black and getting to represent the red raiders and so i thought he had a pretty solid game for you so xavier white and coy aiken two wide receivers getting the nod for our offensive vips dustin Defensive side of the ball, which way you going? A lot of options here uh, for for the defense. Yeah, I think there's two really easy ones. I guess I'll take the first one and just see if the other one is taken. But Jacob Rodriguez with badass game, seven tackles, second on the team. Interception that, yeah. <laughs> like I said, got thrown right at his feet. But great play to go dive and get that. And then a critical fumble, which I probably one of my favorite plays of the game because yeah. third and long – their quarterback takes it up the middle for a good run and he should get it. And then Rodriguez chases him down, does a little tomahawk chop at him to yeah. force a fumble that Malik Dunlap recovers. So like that was a huge play and momentum shifts goes from a long first down get to first down yeah. red Raiders with good field position. So like he had a great game. He's such a baller for us. Glad we saved his year of eligibility yeah. and red shirt and whatnot. So hopefully that panned out and yeah, He's just probably 
him and Rabbit, like by far our two best defense players this year. Yeah, I've uh, really enjoyed watching Jacob Rodriguez. It's just a bummer we didn't get to see him all season because in the games he's played, he's been uh, an absolute playmaker for you. But the future is bright for him, and uh, him and Ben Roberts, as we mentioned, are going to be a force next year. Uh, I'm going with Amir Washington, who in yeah. his uh, uh, first game that we really got to see had three sacks, and it felt like we had three sacks the entire season. So uh, for him to come out and do that, four tackles for loss, he was just wreaking havoc back there. Uh, mm-hmm. To have that presence, uh, really impressive from the youngster and a guy that, like, after that game, you're like, really excited for his future here as a Red Raider and what he can do and what he can bring to this team. And so uh, it was a really nice performance from him. And so I got to give him uh, the shout out there. Yep. Uh, honorable mentions, Tariq Matthews had his first career interception um, in his final game as a Red Raider. So I want to shout him out. CJ Baskerville, one of your other interceptions. Of course. Uh, as well, of course, um, you know, Malik Dunlap and Braylon Lux led your team in tackles. So shout out to them. And then Rabbit in his final game, you know, six tackles. Uh, almost had himself an interception in there. Um, but he was he was uh, always wreaking havoc in the secondary. So yeah. lots of different guys uh, that you could shout out in this after a really solid performance from this defense. Uh, so that will wrap up everything from the Cal game. Any last little tidbits from the Independence Bowl that you wanted to shout out before we move on to the 2023 season in review and get into some of these portal guys? Yeah, let's go get into that. All right, let's move on to uh, our 2023 end of season recap. Well, Dustin, the 2023 season is officially over. Uh, We can close the book on it as the Red Raiders season full of high hopes and Big 12 championship possibilities and first 10 win season since 2008 closes with a seven and six record. Today, season's just a few days over. When you look back on the season and right now today, uh, how do you feel about this season? Yeah, we let off the show with it a little bit, but I, overall, it's got to be a little bit of a disappointment yeah. with how much Kool-Aid and hype was disposed and drank throughout this fan base and coaching staff. I mean, and so we really bought into what Joey and them were selling, and uh, that Kool-Aid was very watered down, <laughs> as you could say. So I forgot to put the sugar in. Yeah, it's just the flavoring and water. Like, man, um, seven and six is better than, like I said, six and seven. Or, like we mentioned, like three and five was where you were sitting yeah. just over midway through the year. And it looked very dark back then. And you, you messed up a lot of games, like the West Virginia game, the Wyoming game. Like, so, like, those are kind of disappointing backbreaker type games when you could have been nine and four, you know, eight and five, like you were last year. So overall disappointing. Yes. I'm glad we ended on some good notes throughout December, uh, November and December. So it was, it was okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I viewed this season as a disappointment. I think, um, I think, you know, yeah, we drank the Kool-Aid. We drowned ourselves in the Kool-Aid. Everybody, yeah. you know, we were all in on this team. But I don't think that was like 
off based, you know, like everything, when you looked from how last season ended, the, all the players returning, like everything tracked, it was on track. Yeah. I don't think we were foolish by any means. Um, and then you just come out of the gates and, and you lose the Wyoming and it just felt like that was a super deflating loss. That was, should have been a victory. Um, and, and then just kind of from there, injuries and a lot of stuff plagued you along the way. Just felt like you hit a lot of obstacles, a lot of things you were unable to overcome. Um, but then in the positive side of things, like at three and five, like I feel like former coaches on this staff, former years, uh, you maybe win four games, Tank you know. And so yeah, there is like that impressive sure. factor that you were <laughs> Cliff wouldn't five, recovered. looked dead in the water <laughs> and able to get to a ball game and get to seven wins. So like there is some positive from that. There's the yeah. defense that that looked really good this year. And a lot of those games gave you so many opportunities to win several of these games. It's just the offense. The offense took a gigantic step back and we'll get into some of our grades here um, in a little bit. But the offense really was kind of what stalled the progression of this team. And so that's the the one thing to me is it, it you regressed so drastically in the offense that. Yeah. Uh, that's something that's concerning to me. And, you know, um, that that's the frustrating part is like you got an amazing season from your defense, your special teams improved uh, and, and made some great plays for you. It's just your offense really struggled to to just put up hell 20 points in a game like multiple times. So that's the frustrating thing to me. Um, but at the same time, you see a lot of fight in these guys. And so, uh, so now the next question is, uh, we're looking back on the season right now. Let's fast forward a year, two years, several years down the road into Joey McGuire's career here at Texas Tech. How do you think this 2023 season might be looked back on if you're kind of looking back at this from a, a, a future standpoint, you know? No, that's a good question. And overall, I don't think it's a needle mover either way. Yeah. I mean, you can come 10 years back and be like, oh, yeah, that was just the year we played BYU and UCF the first time. But, like, looking at it in a microscope, like, breaking it down, like, some of these close losses, like BYU, West Virginia, even Oregon and Wyoming, yeah. the Urian, the – margin for errors being so small in those games and like one or two plays or blocks or mental errors flip that and you win yeah. 38 to 30 or 28 to 20, you know? And I hope that that coaching staff and the players that remain remember that going yeah. into this spring and summer and are like, all right, we have to bust our ass in the weight room because Oregon beat us by one score that we were right there on them. And because we fumbled the ball in Wyoming and couldn't score, like stuff like that, that's super little when you look back on the season, but like in the moment and stuff, and it's like, it just kept happening to us. And I think you can really get better mentally and discipline wise, which hurt us a lot this year and win those type of one score games in the next coming years and establish like a better uh, culture type in that, in that locker room and weight room yeah. because of these kind of things. Yeah. It's definitely something you can grow from, you know, you change maybe four or five plays on the season and you could be definitely right. be sitting it's here that with nine small. wins. <laughs> like it's that small, that small. You're right there. Right. You're right on the cusp. And really the only games that you were, you know, really out of was just the, the Kansas state game 
and the Texas game, Texas. you know, those, those were the two that, you know, you kind of, and even the Kansas state game, you're, you're still in the game and kind of until the end, Texas, you just never really had a chance in that one. But for me, I think there's two ways that you can maybe look back on the season. Now, obviously the only memorable thing from the season is just going to be the special year that Taj Brooks had. And, and I think that'll be the no main doubt. thing that you're going to kind of take away from the season is what he was able to do how he was able to just kind of put this offense on his back. Cause if you don't have him this season, I think it's much more of a disaster. Like, like, like if you don't have Taj Brooks on this roster, but for me, there's two ways that down the, in the future, you're going to think of this year. You're going to think of it as a blip in the radar injuries, you know, got the better of us. Like you said, you were right there at, at on some of those games and you were able to learn from that and get better. And this just kind of is the season where it's like, all right, we kind of struggled that second year, but things got back on track the year after that. Or you're going to look on this season as this was kind of some of the signs of maybe things to come if things don't work out for Joe McGuire and the staff. Here. Sure. The offense was bad and we should have let go of Zach Kittley <clears throat> at the end of the season. Some things like that kind of uh, it, it could be. And so I like I'm definitely thinking that this is going to be a blip on the radar kind of season. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but I definitely think there were some signs this season that it's like, OK, why are you taking a step back this year? You know, like you should theoretically be mm-hmm. improving from year one to year two. What what caused some of those things? Sure, injuries, but there were some questionable calls that Joey McGuire yes. has made this season. Um, there are some times that you're wishing that he was in Kitley's ear more, telling him, "Got to give the ta- got to give Taj the ball here. Got to give Taj the ball here." Some things like that that you're like a little alarming. That you got to be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you've got to improve on those in years to come." And so those are. Uh, the kind of two roads that I see this season kind of leading to. Um, and so hopefully it's just a blip in the radar. That's, that's the hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the hope. Injuries yep. got the best of you. And uh, next year, you, you maybe you have your first healthy quarterback season and everything. Hey, Barron is the quarterback that we wanted. Kitley is the offensive coordinator. Once you get him the talent that he can do things with. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, but in the season entirely over, let's give out some grades. We gave some grades halfway through the season. You and me, I think we're aligned in the fact that we gave our defensive grades A's. Um, we were in A's on special teams, and I think we were both season D or something like that on offensive grades. Yeah. So let's start off with defense. Uh, what is your defensive grade for the entirety of the 2023 season? I still give a big A to them. Like, this yeah. is the best overall defense I've seen. And being a Tech fan for 15-ish years, um, you know, we've had some special players here and there at safety and linebacker and D-end, but never a full defense like this. And being able to hold teams to 20 points multiple times, being able to shut teams out in second halves quite often this year, you know, um, pretty incredible and especially like you had injuries over there your linebacking core was <laughs> a roulette table throughout yeah. the year like just shifting guys in and out revolving door secondary you know? as well you know tyler owens couldn't stay healthy basketball couldn't stay healthy you know they were in and out you know like so you're plugging in so like your dns didn't produce like you thought and yet you set a great defense Ben don't break turnovers weren't a big part of it either yeah you know like sometimes you get like a defense that gives up yards but no points and it's like oh that's because they got red zone turnovers or whatnot kind of like how baylor used to do 
But honestly, it was just a complete effort. Bend, don't break, don't let him in the end zone at the end of the drive. And it was a great effort by everybody, D coordinator, all the way down, man. A is, a is all the way for them. Yeah, I, I was on an A at midseason. I think I'm going to do a B-plus for the entirety of the season, just strictly because of – you know, giving that 57 points up to Texas, um, <laughs> the the struggles against Kansas State, um, you know, I, I your defense gave you a chance. I, I think for the most part, it's an A, but not being able to get enough turnovers, not being able to get quarterback pressure, two of the things that you yeah. really were hoping for this season, not really being able to get those things done. Um, I think I got to subtract just a tad yeah, bit there a little bit but still by far one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time um gave you a chance to win just about every single game yes. um you just lacked on the offensive side of the ball and that really hurt you but uh a lots to build from from year two in the tim deruder era i think like this is something that I think is going to continue to be a huge factor for us and as you can see there's still a lot of young talent on this team that you're just looking for them to develop over the next year. And, you know, who knows how good Jacob Rodriguez and Ben Roberts can be there. You yeah. know, who knows how good uh, Amir Washington could be by the end of his career here at Texas Tech. So lots of positive things. Uh, the B plus is no way like a disrespectful grade. I just yeah. think like when you in totality, like some of the factors that you weren't able to to do, get turnovers, get pressure on the quarterback, get sacks. Some of that stuff kind of knocks you down a little bit of a grade. Special teams, one of the better units as well. One of the better special teams units that we've seen here from Texas Tech in some time. And, you know, I was talking about the field goal making, but uh, Austin McNamara and his punting, the kick returns and stuff like that. Dustin, uh, your special teams grade was an A midseason. Are you sticking with an A here at the end of the season? I can't get off of the A. Like, I didn't see anything that would make me take it away from them the second half of the year. And overall, you know, we talked like Wyoming game, Gino struggled a little bit, but 50 yarders are not easy to make. Yeah. So seeing that kind of altitude and weather. Also being so, rushed to kick a field yeah. goal. Like, yeah. <laughs> but Gino had a good year. Austin McNamara had one of the best years ever. The return game was awesome all year. Xavier White punts, punt returns, did it in the bowl game for you with a good 20 plus yarder. Dre McCray was a threat all year you could see after like the first half of the year, like they had to change yeah. their lineup with him and Xavier. Cause teams were just kicking it away from them. Cause they were scared of him after that first big return. So I give A's all around and especially when we haven't had, God, we've had very subpar special teams in the last handful of years with these last couple coaching staffs. Yeah. I'm going to stick with an A as well. I think, um, you know, Gino missed a few field goals. Like, down down the stretch, you know, the Texas game was not their best effort. Uh, you, you you know, that was probably awesome. It was nobody's. worst game. <laughs> you gave up yeah. your one kick return on the season in that game. Um, but, you know, in a totality of the season, like, they were one of your stronger units, uh, consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, Austin McNamara was consistent. Dre McCray, Xavier White, Miles Price, like whoever was returning for you was doing a great job and, and flipping that. You had a blocked punt uh, for a touchdown. You blocked a field goal that got you the UCF victory. Um, and so in all facets, facets of the special teams game, like they were making impact plays. And that's just something you haven't had is 
You haven't had a kick return. Yes. You haven't had a block point TD. You hadn't had oh, like a block goal. <laughs> like you hadn't had stuff like that. And so to be able to see that this season happen uh, was really good. And so uh, it's just fun to see special teams kind of be a weapon. And you can just think, you know, Dre McCray back, uh, what, you know, his ability to return, you know, who you're going to throw at punt returner next year will be interesting. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be a completely different kind of – Feel with the punt game next year as as Austin McNamara leaves, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, um, what that's going to look like. But overall, really liked what I saw from special teams uh, this past season, and that leads us to offense. I think Ugh. offense. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I think we're at C D. Uh, we're basically on the line of of pass and fail at the end of the season. Dustin, what grade are you giving Zach Kelly in this offense? Yeah, they're the hardest one to grade <clears throat> out of all these groups. <sighs> I think I got to give them a D for this complete season. Like, I like how you kind of demoted the uh, defense for some of their efforts yeah. against you know BYU and Kansas State, and <laughs> didn't show up at Texas like no one did. So. And like we kind of mentioned going over the Cal game, like there was no flashes of yeah. anything throughout the year. I mean, love Taj and what he's given you, but he's even just a bruiser, you know? Yeah. He's not a big he's flash a guy. Away, like, yeah. oh, look what we can do with this. Like, no, it's just we give it to him, you know, off center, off tackle, and hope he gets something. So it's like the creativity wasn't there all year. You know, we thought we had – playmakers bringing in guys like Dre and possible, you know, first teamer and Bradley. And we always love what Miles Price gave us, but like Koyakin became your best receiver and yeah, <laughs> good for him and us that it turned out that way, but it, it wasn't how it was supposed to turn out. And, and for that, and the never, never evolved either. Like yeah. given the ball more evolved, but the rest of it didn't. And so for that, I'll give a D to Kitley and crew. Yeah. I think when I look at this offense, like I want to give Taj Brooks an A. Right. And then the rest of the offense an F. And so that Taj gets to go to a whole different classroom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, like that's the only thing. It's like, I feel bad if I give offense an F because Taj Brooks was part of that offense. Um, (laughs) Taj was ruining the curve for this class. Yeah. And so, (laughs) Um, I, I got to give this offense a D like it fails. Yeah. Like it, it, it's not a passing score. Um, so many of these games you had, your defense gave you chances to win. Yeah. And even in some of your wins, it was like, it, you know, that Kansas game, you only scored 16 points against the yeah, Kansas defense that not team. very good. And you almost lost to their third string quarterback who, yeah. you know, was only able to put up 13 points. Like that's the frustrating thing. West Virginia losing 20 to 13. Um, you know, and everybody, you know, that's the game Tyler Shuck got hurt. But they went into the season. We all went into the season knowing Barron can start and win you football games, and he looked awful in that game. You know, it was mm-hmm. just the lack of consistency from this offense, the lack of creativity, which is something we'll talk about a lot. It's just no creativity to this offense. No. The passing game, the running game wasn't even creative. It just took Taj Brooks being, like you said, a bruiser and being able to go fight and get five, six yards yeah. when it looks like there is nothing uh, for him to gain. Uh, and so this offense just – it was a joke this season, you know, um, and it's alarming uh, in year two that you regressed as much as you did from year yeah. one to year two. 
And so like for me, I, you know, it can't give anything that's going to be a passing grade to this offense. Just the only shining light was really Taj Brooks offensive line got worse. Receiving crew got worse. Quarterback play looked like it got worse health, health, whatever you want to put in into it. I, I, Kitley doesn't look like he's developed these quarterbacks anywhere. So, no. so, uh, yeah, figured, figured that's how our grades were going to go out. So, you know, a and B for uh, our defense doesn't go with an A. I go with B plus, uh, special teams were both going with an A and offense. We're going with D. So let's rate the head man. Now, Joe McGuire, mm. give him a grade in year two. This is tough to be honest. And I think I'm going to bump him up just a hair from where I was literally like five minutes ago. I'll go B minus. And really what got in my head about, I wanted to go C and then it got in my head. You had a good point earlier. Like our last two coaching staffs, if they get down two and four, three and five, whatever we were very badly throughout the year, we don't respond. The team doesn't respond to Matt Wells in that situation. God, we know Cliff can't win in the second half of the year. Yeah. And the fact that Joey, you know, even with lack of <laughs> much ad- adjustments, uh, <laughs> just getting guys healthy, health and grinding and just being, being good, good football players really just kind of struggled your way through to a couple wins and down the stretch. But I, especially when you were at that, we need to win three of the last four to get yeah. in. Like, oh, we would have said no way with Cliff and Matt Wells, right. you know, no freaking way. So, like, the fact that he was able to keep this team together and win those games, get us to this point in a, a seven and six total record, I'll give him a B minus on that. Okay. B minus. I'm going to go with C. I'm just going to go with the, you, you got a passing grade on it uh mm-hmm. i think when you go six and six in the regular season i think you know that's about as average that's as average no as joke. you can be <laughs> so um you know and, and i think losing games like the wyoming game that that's got to cost you a whole letter grade um <sighs> you know you shouldn't have lost that game uh no matter how difficult that place was to play the way you started the way you were dominating that first quarter there's just no excuse for losing that game um there's multiple questionable calls you know i thought Going for it on fourth down in your own territory with the lead against Oregon was a, a, a pretty mm-hmm. questionable call. He did the same thing in the TCU game, and it yeah. immediately bit you in the ass, but luckily you are able to battle back and win that game. So there's some <laughs> things that are of concern to me, but ultimately, you know, you got six and six. You didn't take a drastic step back like we have saw yeah. from year one to year two with Cliff, where it's like we won seven games, won eight games in the bowl game, and then next year you won four. You know, you didn't take a step back like like you did with Tuberville. I think he came in and, and did the same, like won seven games and then won four games in year two or five games, something like that. So you didn't take a drastic step back, but overall you did take a little bit of a step back. Most of that's on your offense, but, um, but you know, it's a passing grade and it's something yeah, that, I, like we I said, agree. you can look back on the season and either see it as it was just a blip in the radar, just a, a season that, we had to deal with some things and, and that's all it was. Or these are some things that are going to be of concern and, and maybe the writing was on the wall here. I don't know. We'll see. But off season is officially here. Dustin, we hopefully a lot of Texas Tech fans have learned from off season so far on Twitter. It doesn't seem like it. Um, no. But what are your thoughts <laughs> as we head into 
this will be the third offseason with Joey McGuire as the head man. What are your feelings, thoughts, and how you're going to approach this offseason? Yeah, I'm going to have – I mean, I mean, I do love transfer portal time, though. Yeah. I mean, you, you know this from every sport. I just love, like, trade deadline, free agency. Oh, yeah. I just like to see teams making moves to get better. And Joey's done that. And so, like, it's going to be hard not to bite into this next year. Uh, maybe just don't bite as hard. But I'm already very excited for this yeah. team and roster next year with a lot of dudes coming back that, like we just said in that bowl game, played very well. A lot of young dudes from this year played well and got experience. And I'm, I like what we've done with filling in the gaps. And I always said like, this was going to be like the 23, 24 year was going to be the hardest. It's probably the 24 year. It's going to be the hardest for Joey because the roster is showing those holes that Matt Wells didn't recruit at. And, you know, so he's done a great job filling those in young guys, transfer guys, some guys that have stuck around through those times. Um, but yeah, maybe just don't drink the whole gallon of Kool-Aid. Maybe just sip on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to approach this off season a lot more cautious with a lot more caution. And I'm going to take everything the coaches say with a more like, through a grain of salt, you know, I'm, if he says this is the best quarterback room in the country, I'm going to, nope. you know, be like, all right, it's a okay quarterback room. You know, like I, I'm definitely going to take the things that are said. And I'm definitely curious how Joey is going to approach this offseason. If he's still yeah. going to be Good as kind of loud and adamant about some things or if he's going to dial it back a notch. Like it's something that I, I still love. Like I'm not mad that Joey was uh, talking the way he did last offseason. I think there's some things that kind of make me mad, like, you know, the whole not needing Tyree Wilson and Miles Cole and Steve Linton being uh, NFL, you know, first round draft nope. picks. You know, some of those things were a little bit too much. That's a lot of pressure that you're putting yeah. on those players as well. Um, and so I, I'm curious how he's going to approach it. But, you know, I just want to I'm going to be optimistic. Like, that's the thing is, like you said, with the players coming in, the, some of the holes you filled um year three here you don't got a trip to oregon anymore so that seems like you know uh, that helps the schedule yeah you're not going in with an automatic kind of loss that you thought you were going to get there um you know washington state will still be difficult but they've lost a lot of players so that might be a more winnable game now um and then a whole new conference you know you don't have a texas and oklahoma on the schedule you've got a bunch of teams that i think you're kind of on par with that you can yeah you or they can win any single game. And so, yep. um, and so I, I, I'm going to be optimistic, but I'm in like a kind of a prove it mode this season for the coaching staff. Like I, I want them to back it up with, with how this team performs. And like, I, it's going to be hard because I like, as the season gets closer, I'm always that guy who's like, Oh yeah, yeah we're going to go win eight, nine, 10, blah, blah, blah games. Yep. Like I, I, I like to do that. You know, you just get confident. It's something that happens. We're fans. We want to, I want to see tech do oh, 10 yeah. wins. but I'm in like, you've got to prove that you can win more than you got to prove that you can win at least eight games before I'm going to really go all in on like, all right, we're going to win big 12 championships and stuff like that. You just got to prove it. We haven't done that right. since 2008. Just win eight games in the regular season. Um, that's where I'm at. And so next year, if you win seven games, that's, Hey, like, I'm going to take that as a win. Um, I'm going to take that as, you know, if you can see some improvements, but 
Like I want to see eight years or eight wins. I want to see eight wins. Next <laughs> I want to see eight years yeah, too. Though. See, <laughs> if we can get eight wins next season, that I think we'll see eight years of McGuire in the staff. You know, like <laughs> like he's got to prove to me that they can talk the talk and back yeah. it up. You know that they can walk the walk too, and, and that this team can win eight games, and that'll prove to me that hey, this team can get to where Joey has those expectations, where we have those expectations uh, for this football team to be a team that's competitive and not necessarily winning the Big 12 championship, but being a factor in it and being a team that at the end of the season has a role to play in, in how uh, yeah. the Big 12 championship unfolds. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm going at this offseason. I'm, I'm hoping that this offense improves. I'm hoping that we've got yeah. weapons and stuff for Kitley in this offense to really – take a gigantic step forward next year and not regress anymore or not stay the same they gotta take a step forward and so that moves us over to portal season where now we can talk about uh we've refrained from kind of talking about the portal we've talked about players who have who have left but now we have several players who have committed to the red raiders uh and so let's dive into uh, portal season, as Dustin talked about, we both love free agency. We both love trade deadline season. And Player movement, transfer fun. portal season has <laughs> definitely risen up that chart with all sorts of players hitting the portal, going to different places. You got Kyle McCord going from Ohio State to Syracuse. You got two, yeah, you got Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon, and then the UCLA quarterback but... going to Oregon. Like I don't get that, but you know, hey, um, Nike money. Well, yeah. Talks. So before you get into us, and while you're on that. So like I said, I love this. Keep up with it really well. The Kyle McCord to Syracuse one just baffles me. Yeah. Like, dude is just on a team on the brink no. of playoffs. And now he's just going to Syracuse. Syracuse? Like, Syracuse? Yeah. Uh, Rich okay. football history, Syracuse. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I mean, Allen Iverson played there, but it's about all I got for you. <laughs> Carmelo. I- I- Iverson played at Georgetown. <laughs> I think he played football at Syracuse a little bit, though, didn't he? Maybe. Or did he play football both? Either way, the Oregon one kind of makes sense if they want to develop the young kid one more year and then have Gabriel play this year. Yeah. Like a one, one-year one guy and then long down the road guy, so they're not in the portal again next year. But I'm excited for what we've done. Yeah, let's get into that. So right now, the last few names that have gone out, uh, <laughs> transferring out, or it seems, you know, hitting the portal doesn't necessarily mean that you're leaving Texas Tech. This but is on Tuesday here, afternoon for y'all listening. <laughs> do what? This is on Tuesday afternoon yeah. for y'all listening with how much things change. Yeah, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, remember, so when this is posted, uh, if other news is broken, uh, there's been some, you know, coaching staff bat signals out there. So we don't know who. It seems like another commit is coming. Uh, not sure if that's like somebody that we're flipping for National Signing Day. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a. A transfer portal to get, but Josiah Pierre announced that he is going to the transfer portal linebacker who we've been very familiar with over yeah. the past few seasons. And then Jacoby Jackson, a uh, one of your offensive linemen that you played, I think he was more, uh, he was kind of a second string guy who would play when guys get hurt. I don't yep. think it really ever panned out for him, but those guys have hit the portal. Some other Red Raiders that uh, have hit the portal that made some decisions. Uh, we have Jaran Bradley going to Boston College. We have Miles Price going to Indiana. Okay. Today, J.J. Sparkman announced that he's going to UTSA. And Cameron Valdez, running back who entered the portal, has withdrawn his name and is returning to Texas Tech. So right. uh, some real quick thoughts on some of the decisions as 
this is like three of your wide receivers have decided to go to schools that you're not really, you're kind of like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Last night, Monday night, I thought that was funny when literally like within five minutes, Miles Price goes to Indiana. I got a text from a friend. Hey, we just got one of y'all's receivers. I was like, oh, have fun. Hope he stays healthy. He's kind of good when he's healthy. Yeah. That's about all I could say good about him. Uh, Bradley to Boston College is hilarious. I don't get that one at all. It no, neither. It's mind-blowingly hilarious. Like, what? Like, Go far away, Bradley. I don't I don't really care. <laughs> Go far away. And that's pretty far. Honestly, so. <laughs> Sparkman to UTSA might be the best move of these three guys because, like, UTSA has been pretty solid in the group yeah. of five the last few years and, like, are competent at what they're doing. I can't say that about Indiana and Boston College in football. Yeah, I think definitely like Sparkman's a guy who didn't get a whole lot of like film. And so this move makes sense for him, like kind of go down a tier. Yeah, uh, but still like a team that's competitive. He's going to probably get a lot of snaps and that'll probably benefit him. Um, you know, I don't hate any of these moves. I'm glad that they're not in the conference. I'm glad that they're far yeah. away and teams that you don't really have to pay attention to. And so, you know, they can go off and do whatever they want to. And we'll rarely hear about it, I'm sure. So no uh, we're not going to be hearing about Duran Bradley, Boston College, a whole lot in a decaying no one ACC conference. So, <laughs> no um, one's going to be hearing about it. But the news uh, the transfer ends. Let's get to that. We got well, a Well, hold on. I want to hit the other here. guys real quick. Do what? Uh, Cameron returning is huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because, like we said all year, like Brooks, having a guy like do this all year, that was incredible because usually just players in general don't hold up that well. Especially yeah. running backs, like especially but, the amount of carries he was getting. Yeah, so like to have a very solid backup like Cameron, and he had just a tough year, man. Just always being injured, like shoulder was never right. So like maybe we do get to see those flashes next year and use him a lot more and better. So I'm glad he's back. Um, but Josiah Pierre, I get that one with yeah. you know Ben Roberts and J Rod at linebacker. Like pff, man, these. These young dudes are just really good, and they're going to play a lot more next year. Yeah. So I got to go find space to play. And I think Jacoby Jackson's kind of in that same boat. Like, we brought in some interior linemen that are a little bit better than him, and he realized the writing on the wall there. Yeah. Yeah, I think both of those make sense. And like you said, Cameron, having him back, just uh, we know the weapon he can be. I just – Hope he gets some use. It would be nice to see him get an uptick in carries just to spell Taj. Like, I want Taj out there yeah. as much, but also want a healthy Taj. Yes. Uh, and, and so if you can get a guy who can spell him and get, like, 10 carries a game and, and, and yep. he can really do something with that if he's healthy, that's going to be just, like, two really dynamic weapons that you can have in that backfield. You have the, have the guy who's the bruiser, and then you have the home run threat in Cameron who can – you know, take uh-huh. it to the house anytime. The transfer is in, and we got a long list of them, as we mentioned, yeah. uh, starting with like just kind of redoing your whole offense, an offense that really struggled <laughs> yes. this year. A lot of transfers out on the offense, so you knew we were going to have to get a lot of pieces in. Of course, we got a lot of young guys, uh, Michael Hudson, all that stuff coming in, but you did add some depth to the wide receiver room with the additions of Caleb Douglas, a wide receiver from Florida. He had 11 catches for 133 yards and one touchdown. He was injured pretty early on in the season, so he didn't get to play too many games. But uh, you can, I know when he committed, there was a couple highlights of him. Looks like a really kind of speedster type player, a kind of game breaker kind of receiver that you can get. Uh, so we got Caleb Douglas. And then the big get in the wide receiver room is uh, the leading wide receiver for Washington State, Josh Kelly. 
Uh, it was crystal balled like last early last week. And then, of course, he announced his commitment last year. He had 61 catches for 923 yards and eight touchdowns leading that receiver room. Um, Dustin, thoughts on uh, those wide receiver additions from the portal? Yeah, really good upgrade on wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, Josh Kelly, massive, massive get. One of the top receivers in this transfer class. Probably your number one next year, yeah. just looking at depth chart-wise. Um, so that's amazing. He's a guy who can get down the field. So hopefully we can open things up. Had you some know? dirty catches last year. Like we the, did His highlight roll was pretty impressive. We did not do down the field at all this year. No. <laughs> so need a guy that can do that. Josh is a guy that can do that. Super excited about him. Caleb has some good upside. He's a former four-star, so that's awesome too. Like he's coming in as your possible number three guy with Coy. Yeah. <laughs> like, whew. Like, you're going to be pretty stacked at receiver with Kelly, Hudson, Coy, and then Dre McCray and Caleb Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Like, and from the film, like you were just saying, these guys look like they can get open. Yes. And make catches. Yeah, Douglas has uh, some limited highlights, but in them, you know, he looks like a speedster, can make some tough catches. Um, so it's kind of tough to see really what he's going to be as a receiver for me. But like you said, he's a four-star talent. The talent's obviously there. Uh, dealt with some injuries and, um, and come into an offense that you're hoping can utilize him. And if he can get open and be a factor for you, that's great. Uh, Josh Kelly's the the big win uh, for yeah. for the portal season so far for me is you need a guy who can go win you some jump balls, but also a guy who can catch the ball and do something with it after the catch. Like yep. Koy Aiken's a good jump ball winner. We've kind of seen that from him, but he's typically going to catch the jump ball and get tackled pretty quickly. Josh Kelly's going to be able to make some catches and then do some stuff with the ball after uh, and, and turn maybe uh, a nice little 10 yard catch into a house call and you need some big play threats and you just don't really have, you didn't really have any of those guys this year no. on your team. And he immediately provides, provides that threat for you. So uh, really excited for those additions and to see what they look like in this offense next year. And hopefully Kitley can do something with them and hopefully they can get open, make some big catches and have some big seasons for you. Uh, you have two tight end additions as, as well. Jalen Conyers kid from, uh, Texas. He's transferring from Arizona State. Uh, 22 for 92 and one touchdown last season. And then uh, also John Carlos Miller, a tight end from Elon. I uh, don't know too much about him, but he does stand at six foot five, 242 pounds. So uh, two additions in the tight end room to go along with Mason Tharp next year. Dustin, your thoughts on adding Jalen Conyers, who was a, a pretty high, highly touted tight end transfer portal yes. recruit. Yeah, he was – we were on his radar. He was on our radar from the beginning Yeah, years ago when he was a four-star, you know, coming out of the panhandle. Ended up going to Oklahoma, then to Arizona State. Um, but, like I said, we just kept in touch. It's kind of how recruiting in the portal yeah. works now. Just stay in touch with dudes. Don't burn bridges. And, you know, maybe guys like Cameron come back. Guys like Jalen Conyers that were on your radar – come over to your side later in their careers yeah. and he's just a big body pretty athletic like don't it he's just pretty much just taking baylor cup like switching the names on the back of the jerseys yeah like, looks very similar game wise size wise and so that's really good to bring in another big body i can block for you he even 
don't know if you saw some highlights of him. Played a little Wildcat quarterback yeah. for Arizona State this year. I saw that. You know, kind of like Blake Bell used to do for uh, oh, yeah. for Oklahoma yeah. way back when. So maybe we use him in some of those spots. You know, Kitley likes to get tricky on the goal line. Yeah, you know, it's it's something like we've always – it seems like we've always had talented tight ends. It's just like we don't use them. And so I'm, I'm nervous that we're bringing in Conyers. <laughs> maybe. John Carlos Miller, like what are we going to really get from them? Um, yeah, you know, we, we were just needed bodies at this point. Yeah, you know, having the bodies, but, <clears throat> you know, it's just kind of another thing that goes back to Kitley. He's got to find ways to get these guys involved because there's clearly talent there. Like Conyers looks like an athletic tight end who should be a mismatch that you can be able to – uh, mm-hmm. win you know linebacker battles with and, and find ways to get him the ball you know you saw times of it with Tharp this year where you know we had a nice little touchdown past him in the Cal game it was like man it feels like we only ran that route with him once this season I, know. I, don't, I don't know why we don't do more of that stuff you got mismatches at that position so um, you know adding depth to that room hopefully Kitley can figure out how to use these guys uh, on the offensive side of the ball because you know just from what you've added wide receiver and tight end wise like you're definitely took a step up uh, offensively yes. with the talent that you've got. And then you get to bring in a couple offensive, a few more offensive linemen that will be probably day one starters for you in Vinny Skiri, uh, a lineman from Toledo. He stands at six foot three, three Oh five, three Oh five, big boy. And Davion Carter, another offensive lineman from Memphis, six foot one, 285. And before he started recruiting, it was announced a Sterling Porcher, an offensive lineman from Middle Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee State, six foot four, three hundred four pounds, uh, has committed to Tech. So, um, one of the big things that we knew we needed to revamp was this offensive line. What do you think yeah. about these additions and what that does for for your old line and, and Coach Hamby? Apparently, these are massive additions. Besides them yeah. being massive giant men. I think uh, Scary and Carter were both like top five offensive linemen in the portal. Yep. Both were top, top five. You needed to replace some guards on your team for next year. And I think uh, one of your tackles is moving inside the center from what I've heard. So like yeah, Caleb Rogers, but like Davion Carter, I can't remember the exact stat, but he was one of the like top 10 uh, running yeah. linemen last year. Like guys to run behind PFF grades type stuff he's also so, named all conference uh first team all conference too and i like the point last week that was made in other tech podcasts like having taj commit that he was coming back yeah helps you recruit linemen because it's like hey <laughs> there's gonna be film on this number 28 guy and they're gonna see you blocking for him <laughs> they're gonna see your ass in that video <laughs> that's <Yeah>. good <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks a lot better. Taj Brooks not getting touched till like six yards. Down also the that. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine that, like if he gets to get to the second level or even the third level before he has to make contact and get three to five extra yards. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, the biggest addition of the portal season that we, I, I, don't, I don't think we recorded when it was announced, but yeah, Taj Brooks coming back, like that completely changes the, this offense next season. And so, yeah, like you said, guys are going to want to come play with him, want to come block for him. And it, it, it just, seems like you've been able to make an impact uh, already on your line with, with these portal additions. And you just hope just that they gives you another guys. Another year to let these freshmen, sophomores, guys coming in, grow, get bigger, yeah. and hit the weight room. Because, like, high school kids are not ready to block in college football. I guess freshmen. Sophomores are barely ready to do that. And so, like, just having guys like 
Scurry and Carter to fill in for a year while these guys continue to grow is huge because yeah. they have this coaching staff has really tried to get O and D linemen from high school, you know, but like I mentioned earlier, like we needed to fill in some gaps from the Wells area and then they've done an amazing, amazing job. Yeah. And I think like, you know, these last two high school recruiting classes, the, some of the linemen you got, like you said, they're still building and, and you know, mm-hmm. they might not be an impact till next year or the year after, um, you know, especially, you know, we're bringing in some pretty big guys for this, uh, this freshman yeah. class, this go around, but you know, when will they be ready to step up to the D one right. level? You know, probably not till next year. And so having these guys to come in, fill in those hole for, holes for you while you develop is huge. Uh, the last little pieces that you've added so far, Devin Cromwell, he's a safety from a Canadian university. So that was, uh, yeah, I saw that. um, so I'm not really sure anything about him, but <laughs> yep. you know, all right. Um, you know, we've been able to spot some talent. He was also getting recruited by West Virginia. So, um, you know, other power five teams were looking at him. So we'll see what he can be. Uh, Javon Jackson, a safety from Fairmont state uh, is also an addition. And then, uh, you brought in your punter and Jack Burgess, a punter from Weber State. So uh, you've kind of filled in the pieces that you've needed to. I'm sure more guys are on the way. Um, and, of course, National Signing Day is really close, so you'll officially get pinned to paper on some of these yeah. high school recruits. Dustin, anything else you want to talk about with this portal, recruits, anything you want to get off your chest before uh, we Apparently that Jack Burgess punter from Weber State is a great pickup from what I've seen on like conference punter of the year for them, like great net punting average. Like, yeah. So good to get a dude that knows what he's doing. I thought it was weird that our backup punter left. Yeah. That, you know, you finally get your McNamara is gone, yeah. but um, I don't know what we're still looking for. You know, there's already been tweets this afternoon, you know, the eyeball emojis or whatever, which coach gif they use for all these things, you know, it's all changed for McGuire. It's no longer the Ric Flair yeah. thing. But like yesterday we got, we got some gif hints and then nothing ever happened. Yeah. Um, and that's what scared me about Josh Kelly last week was like, we heard about it and then it was like three days later and I started to get pretty worried that nothing came out yet that he didn't commit yet. But, uh, I think we still need some pass rushers. Um, on that side of the ball, I, honestly, I think everything else we've hit and and taken what we wanted, like revamped the receiving core, which we wanted a lot. We got tight end bodies, yeah. Revamped the O line, like those were the three offensive major keys. Um, you got a couple defensive backs, you know. Our linebackers are good. You just need some pass rushers, one or two. So maybe we can get one of those in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think adding adding a couple of defensive guys is going to help. Maybe another secondary. You can never have enough guys, you know, back there in the secondary for you. Um, another pass rusher, um, backup linebacker, stuff like that. What I kind of want to see is I would like to see maybe another another wide receiver, um, you know, another lineman, and and I, I want to see a quarterback. Like I, I want to see, like not necessarily we did, a, one. We of did get start- a quarterback who is a walk on, yeah. but. Kind of not weird really. prospect, very good athlete, big dude. Yeah, um, not really sure. But not a gonna... backup yeah. quarterback type guy. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily talking one of these top quarterbacks uh, yeah. in the market, but somebody who can come in and back up Baron or, or push Baron maybe even for a 
starting yeah. spot, but like you know, we've had to play three quarterbacks the last yes. handful of seasons. Like Ugh. let's just be prepared. If we need to play three quarterbacks, let's go out and get a portal guy who can come in and, and play valuable uh, snaps for you. And that way you're not just going to like Jake strong or, you know, freshman Will Hammond who, you know, could be the real deal. Um, I'm not saying they can't, but I would like to have like a veteran transfer back there just, just in case of emergency, you know, um, it's just something we're familiar with and you want to yeah. be prepared for it. Cause it seems like something that you're dealing with every single year. Maybe next year will be different, but let's just prep for it in case it's the norm. Mm-hmm. But that will do it for our Texas tech football coverage for the week. Lots to discuss with the ball wins season ending or, you know, kind of thoughts on the season. And then of course, transfer portal season is fully underway with commits, people leaving. And so we'll be here every step of the way to kind of, uh, recap players headed out, players headed in, everything like that. We'll be back next week and uh, after Christmas, right before New Year's, to try to uh, decide, dissect whatever other news has come out. Uh, but before we get out of here for the week, we got a little bit of hoops action to talk yeah. about before we get to our final shots. So uh, let's head over to basketball and talk about McCaslin and these Texas Tech Red Raiders past two victories. Well, the Red Raiders have played two games over the last time, uh, over the last week, and we have not talked to you guys uh, for two weeks. But they did get a win over Oral Roberts and a win over Vandy, beating Oral Roberts eighty-two to seventy-six, and then beating Vanderbilt seventy-six to fifty-four in Fort Worth on Saturday. Uh, that was a nice little appetizer before the uh, bowl game kicked off. So you had a little back-to-back Texas Tech action. Uh, Dustin, anything that has stood out to you over the past couple games? As uh, these were your first two games without Devin Cambridge, who came down with a season-ending injury, and so uh, what are your thoughts on the Red Raiders post Devin Cambridge? Yeah, luckily these are good games like to have right now while you're dealing with that big-time injury, like adjusting your roster because. Well, Oral Roberts, solid team, good three-point shooting team, not overall a great basketball team. Same with Vanderbilt. So kind of worked backwards. Yeah. It was great Saturday to just watch us kind of dominate Vanderbilt. Easy 20-point win, to be honest. Like That was just great, fun to watch, sit back. The Oral Roberts game <laughs> was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, me and you were both like, hey, we're trying to just get home on a weeknight 8 o'clock p.m. game last week and we we're up 15 at one point in the second half and then let Oral Roberts keep shooting it and making it. And one of their dudes had like 30 on us and that wasn't even their best player. We kind of held yeah. the best player down pretty well. Um, the one big thing I noticed and it was very evident in the Oral Roberts team was using Darion Williams more as kind of like a smaller four, I guess you could say fill in for Cambridge, even running some post action at, with him down low. Yeah. Uh, it was actually pretty good offense, all in the stuff from him. Uh, so that was very optimistic to see in the first game without Cambridge to see Darian on Williams down low, working the ball around, playing pretty well. Um, you just played a really good three point shooting team. And that's what Oral Roberts is known for this year. So Good to fight them off, but great dominating win against Vandy. 
Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, nice wins. Oral Roberts just shot lights out. They just couldn't yeah. miss threes. They jacked up a lot of threes, and a lot of them were going in, and that's kind of how they were able to stay in the game with you. Um, I don't think it was anything like defensively. I mean, they were just hitting tough shots. It was like you just kind of had to tip your cap to them, and they were able to do that. Vanderbilt, you had a much better defensive game. I thought you were moving the ball pretty well offensively. The big thing that stood out for me is we were like, all right, who's going to step up in Devin Cambridge? absence and so far it's been Kerwin Walton who has stepped up for you it made a really big impact he's been shooting the ball lights out I think he's shooting it over 70 percent from three over the last like handful of games yep Uh, he's just like and and it's not just his three ball he's attacking the basket too he's creating plays for other players he's playing defense running offense through him yeah we're running you know running your offense through him defensively he's been pretty good he's holding up he's getting rebounds he had three blocks against Vanderbilt is not something that I think I, I would see Kerwin Walton. Um, but, I, you know, I've been really impressed with him. And I think that speaks to just not not only his play, but the character, you know, the, the character of Kerwin Walton and the kind of player he is. You know, a guy that was we didn't get to see a lot of last year, a guy that we didn't get, get to see a whole lot of early on this year, but he kept playing, waited for his opportunity, has taken full advantage of it and has been very impressive. And McCasland is rewarding him for it. You know, he started yeah. in that Oral Roberts game. We were curious, all right, who's going to take who's gonna start? Cambridge's starting spot? And you got starter Kerwin, and he goes out there, and he has another really good game for you. Shoots the ball really well. And then, uh, you know, another double-digit game for you against Vanderbilt. And so it's, I've just been really impressed with him. And uh, I, I don't know, it just kind of makes me proud and, and really proud of him and, and what he's done. And I think a lot of Texas Tech fans feel the same way. Um, and it just kind of shows McCaslin and his coaching ability, you know, yes. to, to find these guys, put them in situations that help them succeed. I think that's been another really encouraging thing is that, you know, you're finding why, you're finding out why Kerwin was at North Carolina, you know, his freshman yeah. year. You're, you're, you're seeing that talent. You know it's there. You just need a coach to sometimes bring it out of you, and I thought McCaslin's done a great job of that. Uh, also, you know, Joe Toussaint remain, you know, continues to play well. Um, Pop, you know, plays better on the road for some reason. Uh, he he's always feels like he shoots the ball a little bit better on the road. I thought Warren Washington's had a pretty solid couple games for you. Uh, teams that aren't as big, he he really seems to punish. It's just when you yeah. have size, that's kind of when yeah uh, uh, he kind of can go out the wayside. But ultimately, two you know solid non conference opponents. You know, you get a Power Five school in Vandy. You know, they're not very good, but that's still. Uh, you did what you needed to do there, and Oral Roberts is a good non-conference home game. So, got solid wins. Two more wins to add uh, to the season total. Next up on the schedule, Thursday, a 1 p.m. Uh, against mm-hmm. UTA, uh, University of Texas in Arlington. So, that game coming up Thursday. And then by the next time we talk to you guys, there will be another game. So, we'll talk about that one a little bit more then. But uh, other basketball news that was uh, came out today earlier today pretty exciting news for red raider fans and aggie fans texas tech and texas a&m have set uh, a couple trips up for the red raiders they yeah. get the aggies in lubbock in 2024 and then we make the road tip road trip out to college station in 2025 um look like the start of a regular series between the two teams uh, which will be very exciting. It adds a really good non-conference game to your schedule every single year, whether you're playing them here. That's an awesome home game where you're going there. That's an awesome road game. Dustin, your thoughts on this rivalry being renewed in the form of basketball. Yeah, pretty exciting. So you hadn't played them in a while while we were recording. And I was trying to keep up with Twitter to see if any transfer portal news happened. 
Uh, I saw a video the last time we played them was in like 2012. You were rolling out guys like Robert Lewandowski and Luke Adams at point guard. So we have upgraded since then, I would say. A long way from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lewandowski one was like, oh, man. But uh, glad it's back. In-state rivalry is cool, especially like we had that exhibition with them earlier this year. So maybe they just really want revenge for that game (laughs) from us. Yeah, whatever it is, you'll take it. You know, anytime you can get kind of some of these rivalries that you've had from the past that are gone, like, you know, same thing that we're going to kind of, it feels like with Texas is like we're going to have some distance from them for a little bit, but it'll be nice to get them back on the schedule. You've had your distance with A&M, played them in baseball um, a few times, but, you know, you haven't really played them in in, in the major sports like basketball and football, and you had that exhibition with them. And so maybe that was a step in the right direction. And, and this is another step in the right direction where you get them. Uh, and hopefully this continues. Hopefully this isn't just a 2024, 2025 thing. Hopefully it goes yeah, beyond I, that I and, and so. kind of becomes a schedule staple for you. Um, and then maybe that's a step in the right direction at maybe figuring out something for football, like down the road. So um, really cool. Happy to have A&M back on the schedule. Like we said, that that's a huge non-conference home game that you just – haven't had a bunch of huge non-conference home games unless it's in a challenge. So this one's yes. out of a challenge. It's just strictly a, a series between and these a two home teams. and home, not That's a fun. play yeah. in Fort Worth. Dallas yeah, exactly. Yeah, deal. not yeah, not a neutral court game. It, it's a home and home series. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. So shout out to uh, the schools for putting that together. Excited to see that. Uh, I think Chris Level pointed out that this game might will probably be like the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, and said be, and we might have a. Saturday football game next yeah, year. So that, that would be too. a so fun be a weekend. crazy weekend. <laughs> be a fun weekend to be in the eight Oh six. So uh, start planning accordingly. Um, any other things you want to talk about basketball wise? Uh, that was a lot of stuff today. That was a lot of stuff. Uh, any final shots for you this week before we get out of here? I did want to mention for you that the Lakers won the in-season tournament. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Good job, LeBron. Forgot we hadn't talked since then. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Yeah, and I was in Dallas when it was going on, but I knew, like, oh, LeBron wanted to win that so bad. Oh, yeah. The first tell. one, oh, he wants that so bad. <laughs> Guess what, so I was never won. <laughs> not surprised that he went all out during this tournament, played yeah. really well, got his team to the finals and the championship, and then won – pretty easy in the champ game but like i was not shocked at all that lebron wanted to win this in-season tournament like and it's good for the nba for oh yeah LeBron definitely to want to play up this with, well he definitely partnered with the commissioner to yeah like this was a good partnership hey bring good some promo meaning, bringing bring some meaningfulness to this tournament that's in his first year that, mm-hmm. you know, I thought was pretty good, like brought some attention yeah. to the NBA early on in the season. Usually people don't really start paying attention until Christmas. I thought it right. brought some much needed eyes to it. They made it a cool event. I could do without the courts blinding me, but yeah, I thought the they did a pretty courts good can go away, but the rest yeah. of it was fine. I thought they did a pretty good job of it. The players all seemed like they were pretty invested in it. Um, the quotes from like, you really like Kevin Durant, he was like mad that he wasn't a part of the, the finals. Like, uh, I think it was a good job and for the Lakers to win and LeBron to win it. I think it really does set the bar high. And I think it's something that can be very beneficial for the, for the league moving forward to have this tournament. And so uh, shout out to the Lakers for that. 
Um, it's also fantasy playoffs. Uh, football season yeah. is nearing the actual playoffs, which means it's fantasy football playoff time. Uh, was lucky enough to have a buy in one league, and then last night I escaped with a, like a point six victory over wow. uh, a team in the in the first round. Oh my gosh, it was. I didn't even watch the Monday night game because I was like, I don't want to be like give Kenneth Walker the ball every single time. I was just like, uh-huh. I'm just going to not pay attention, turn in at the end and saw Kenneth Walker did just enough for your boy. Yeah, he had a good game. Um, so I'm glad yeah, I got I to watch and like not 17. have to worry about AJ Brown doing anything. I already had my dub locked up onto the yeah. final four. Those are nice wins. You know, I had to buy in the other league, um, which came at a very beneficial time because I have Tyree kill in that league. And oh. um, so I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> Didn't have to deal with that. It was nice. Um, but yeah, hope you are One, all. Speaking of this, I wanted to. So we were having brunch the other day. And I was sitting by some random dude that we don't know. I've just met him for the first time. And he was like, yeah, I'm playing like three different leagues. All right, that's cool. But then we're watching like the Dolphins game. And Mostert scored two touchdowns. Who has 20 touchdowns this year. Yeah. He's like, dang, I got Mostert on my bench. And I'm like, what? Mostert. Why? One of the best, like top five running backs this year. Number two. Then he's got Sam Laporta on his bench. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Who is he starting over these guys? <laughs> I don't know, but I was just like, dude, you got two top five guys that should never not be in your lineup near over here. Oh, no. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just mind blown. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I got mustard in one of my leagues. He's my, he hasn't moved. Yeah, position ex- until he had a bye week, and that's the only time he hasn't been in the lineup. Uh, he's like a guaranteed two touchdowns yeah. game machine uh, right now. So, um, but yeah, always enjoy the fantasy playoffs. Good luck to you guys uh, in whatever leagues you're in, except for if you're in my league and if I have to face you this yeah. week, it's not good luck to Kick you. And, uh, so, uh, but that'll do it for us this week. And that was a long episode. We had yeah. lots to get into after taking the week off last week. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it and to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks, make sure you give us a follow, follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate those reviews. Be sure to follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family, your friends, your loved ones. Uh, hope you get some, a much needed rest and relaxation away from work uh, and, and, and just in, enjoy the holiday music, treats, food, all the good stuff that comes with uh, yeah. Christmas season. Enjoy bowl season. Enjoy it all. Um, and as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.